the ultimate goal is obviously to get a company that operates like a McDonald's, where no matter where you're at, you walk into a McDonald's, it's always going to be the same, same service, same efficiencies, same culture. And, and the more standardized you can be across the board from the way your shops are laid out to the uniform, to the vehicles. So standardization is going to drive that culture and how everything's done. And so that right now is our biggest challenge is how do we get a culture where every location is the same? Hey everyone, welcome back to another great episode of Out of the Hourglass. We're back to kick off another year of thoughtful conversations on a variety of topics featuring clients, NCG coaches, field experts, and more. To start, I'm passing the mic over to NCG coach Colin Nolan, who had the pleasure to talk to Rob Yarbrough, owner of Western View Painting based in Wyoming and a member of NCG Summit Program. Rob highlights his story of company growth in a larger geographical territory and how he is focusing on his vision on opening multiple locations, from standardizing processes, emphasizing team culture, and working towards optimal organizational consistency. Out of the Hourglass is a podcast channel dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop high-performing teams, and build sustainable growth. It's time to get out of the hourglass. Thank you, Molly. We are uh, happy to be here. I'm happy to be back on the Out of the Hourglass podcast, talking with one of my favorite people today, Rob Yarbrough, the owner of Western View Painting. How are you doing, Rob? Doing well, Colin. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for coming on. I'm excited to talk to you. I get to talk to you a lot, but not so much in this kind of format around uh, <laughs> no kind kidding. of big, big picture stuff. Um, and I think I know about your story and everything about it, but I'm, I'm curious if I'll learn anything new. I'm sure a lot of the listeners will learn some new stuff as well. Uh, so for those of you who don't know you, can you kind of give a little bit of intro, who you are, where you're from, and all, all that good stuff? Absolutely. Yeah, so um, first of all, I just want to say thanks again for having me on. It's always fun to be on the other side um, of a podcast, so obviously listen all the time to you guys, but um, yeah, so my name is Rob. I own Western View Painting here in Laramie, Wyoming. Started the company back in 2018 uh, with just really the intention of painting houses in the summertime. I was uh, attending the University of Wyoming, and it was a great way to make money. I had a little experience uh, back in the day with a college franchise. And so I knew how to do uh, just that, paint houses through the months of May and August before the snow uh, starts coming down. Um and then it just wasn't, you know, started to fall in love with what we were doing and started to grow the company as of last year. So uh, last year's kind of in that turning point and realizing this is probably going to be a career for me. Yeah. So I guess you have a pretty unique story as well, right? Because you had some pretty uh, different plans, right? You're And you're currently still in school, which I, I don't think there's anyone else a part of Summit that can say that, that they're still going to school. So what do you, what, what were your plans, I guess, and what do you currently go to school for? Sure. Yeah. So I think, well, first of all, no one's in school because that's probably the smart thing to do if you're going to run a painting company is <laughs> yeah. to not try to do both at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when I, when I started attending school, I was studying physiology, had plans to uh, attend physician's assistant school um, after graduating. And then uh, had really just kind of what I thought was I'd exit out of the painting company. I, I would, you know, just kind of build this small uh, local painting company that I could have some small exit out of it prior to attending graduate school. Um, and so that was the original plan. And then 
you know, just started doing some reflection and, and vision analysis and realized I love what I do currently. Why would I give it up for something that I think I might like? Right. Um, you know, I know this is a sure for sure thing. So uh, that that's when it all switched. So, but didn't want to quit on school. Just kind of uh, finish it out. So you're still going to school for physiology, which is just wild. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I, there's not many people who are, who are doing more probably. Uh, so that's pretty <laughs> cool. So Wyoming is an interesting place. It's obviously where you're based out of. Um, yeah. Interesting place to, to own and run a, a painting company that wants to, wants to grow. So what are some of the challenges that you face that are maybe unique to you because of the you know, geographical uh, fact of what Wyoming is, um, and how have you, how have you kind of attacked that? Sure. Yeah. So, and, and that's exactly, uh, you know, when we, when I decided that we were going to grow the company, we realized that the location is not suited for strong growth. So a lot of people don't know, but the largest town in Wyoming is only 55,000 people. Uh, Laramie itself is 30,000. So there's just not a lot of work in each town and there's a lot of rural, it's all rural towns. So there's spacing in between, you know, uh, Laramie to Casper's two and a half hours. So our challenge was just trying to find enough work to be able to grow, um, to be a, to, to be a larger company, to, to make this work for me personally. Right. So Laramie and Casper are, are your two, the two locations where you're at. Right yes. Now. Yep. That and how did you pick those locations? How far, so you just mentioned how far they are apart and how, how do you make that work with what are the logistics involved? Are you there both days? Do you have shops in both places? How does that work? Yeah. So we have shops in both locations, um, chose Casper. So we started in Laramie cause that's where the university is at. Casper's my hometown. That's where I was, uh, grew up. So I know Casper well, it's a larger, it is one of the larger towns in the, in Wyoming and it has a, a pretty good market. Um, and so the challenges that we've come across with trying to open a location, uh, that is, has some distance between where you're, where you're at is, uh, getting a strong management team up there that can, can operate a separate location the way you want it to be operated. Right. So we have a sales rep and a production manager or what uh, a lot of people would call a crew leader up there in Casper doing the same thing that we're doing down here in Laramie, Wyoming. So. Gotcha. So how did you go about, like, well, what was the path to get those people where, or were you going back and forth for a while? Did you know that that's what you wanted always to have those two people? And I guess what's the future for those locations? Sure. So, yeah, we were, you know, when we, uh, decided to move to Casper, realized the two, the two positions that we needed up there that I could not complete in Laramie was production and then sales itself. So those are the only two positions that we need someone in the field uh, doing daily um, there. With how large Casper is, we only see um, it growing to a point to where we might be able to bring on an advanced crew leader or someone to assist with the production management. Um, but with how rural Wyoming is, each location that we're expanding into is going to have a model similar to that. So production manager managing uh, multiple crews and then one sales rep overseeing that. Yeah. Our overhead staff in Laramie is able to manage all of uh, the admin work in one location, though. 
So what, what are some of the, the, the things that you've, you've experienced or challenges that you've come across that you weren't expecting prior um, and that have kind of surprised you? And I guess how do you handle those? Sure. So probably the biggest challenge that we're, we're currently facing still is culture. Um, I think any company, especially as you grow, you have the chance of subcultures developing within the company. That is tenfold when you have locations that are hours apart. It is very easy for subcultures to develop, and it's very difficult to get everybody on the same plan and same vision when, you know, the, the painters in Laramie and the team in Laramie is not seeing the team in Casper other than maybe once a quarter. Um, and so the ultimate goal is obviously to get a company that operates like a McDonald's, where no matter what where you're at, you walk into a McDonald's, it's always going to be the same, same service, uh, same efficiencies, same culture. Um, and so that right now is our biggest challenge is how do we get a culture where every location is the same? Yeah. What have you tried? And I mean, that's, that's such a, a huge, you know, even people with one location struggle with that. Right. So how are you tackling that in two locations? Are you, are they meeting up with each other? Do, do, do people know that there's a different location? Probably know it, but do they like know the people there? How does that work? Absolutely. So first, first and foremost, I think standardization is key. Um, and, and the more standardized you can be across the board from the way your shots are laid out to way to the uniform, to the vehicles, um, that's first and foremost. So standardization is going to drive that culture and how everything's done. Um, we have also created what we now call teams. So we no longer call them uh, locations. Each location is its own team. So uh, to give example, uh, the team in Laramie are the paint slingers, the team in Casper are the mountaineers <laughs> or mountain climbers. And so that, that kind of is creating this competitive culture to where now we can start comparing uh, KPIs or successes against the teams to be able to get them to connect and actually be interested in how is the other team down South doing compared to us um, and driving that competitive spirit there. So, um, you know, trying to get them to communicate more with each other on a monthly basis and just getting everybody together, whether it's over zoom or whether it's a fun getaway, being able to get everyone together at least uh, once a month or, or every quarter in person is, is going to be key to being, being able to drive that culture. So everyone from both locations getting together once a month. Absolutely. Yeah. And that might be over zoom for the most part. Um, but when we, when we run large training sessions, um, all locations are together in, in, in one shop location to do that. So there's some decent visibility then from one, from one location into the other. Do they, what kind of, you mentioned the competition aspect, is that in its infancy right now or are they already competing on certain areas? No, that's definitely much in its infancy. So we are, we are just now starting to develop that. Um, but as far as just, as soon as we created team names for each location, there's already a sense of pride in what team do I belong to, right? Sure. sure. Do you envision, you know, a, a certain revenue max per location or are you kind of just growing them as, as, as it goes? Yeah, so that's kind of a, it's kind of difficult to say. We do see a max in revenue for each location just based off of the, the population in the area. 
Um, the biggest benefit to us in having multiple locations is our reach to our customers can expand. So we do not just residential work, we also do commercial work. And because of the commercial work, commercial work can be happening anywhere in the state of Wyoming. And because we have these separate locations, we are able to send different crews based off of where it's at. So which shop or which team is closest uh, to that project. Um, and, and we're able to have a little bit more flexibility with our logistical planning on larger projects. So it really depends on just how much more we want to expand throughout the state of Wyoming, how far is our reach to be able to serve our, our client base. Um, and so at first it was, we were thinking each location was only going to be able to hold, you know, our revenue around a million dollars per location. But now because of our reach we're, and we're expanding, uh, that's increasing. Awesome. Um, back when you were just starting a second location, how did you handle the, the marketing and acquiring customers and how do you handle it now? Is it any different? Absolutely. So I think um, to, to kind of uh, preface this, there definitely has to be a strategy when you're growing into a, a new location. Um, just like the way you paint a house, you know, there's a, there's a workflow, there's a blueprint in how you do an exterior and interior. There needs to be a blueprint for how you open up a second location. Um, there, it has to be very strategic. So for us, our marketing, when we move into a new location, starts off very um, strong with guerrilla tactics. So it's a lot of flyers, a lot of door-to-door, a lot of yard signs placed out um, to try to just introduce us into that area, right? Because if you were to just uh, start off with uh, Facebook and Google ads, that might work a bit, but you're trying to get this location to grow as fast as possible and to produce revenue as quickly as possible because it's going to eat cash. That's the biggest downfall to growing into a location that far away is your cash will um, start to dwindle pretty quickly. So for us, what we found is just guerrilla marketing tactics to try to generate revenue as quickly as possible uh, worked really well for us. How do you do that guerrilla marketing? Are you hiring people that are local in the area? Are you doing it yourself on the weekends? We are. So for us, we will um, hire our sales rep prior to any production being produced. And we always give ourselves about three to four months of, of just marketing and sales prior to, to work being produced so that we can build that backlog. Um, and so our sales, our sales rep will manage um, a small marketing team that will take care of that. That's pretty cool. I think that that's a pretty important nugget there. If you're kind of, if you're thinking about opening a second location is build backlog, have the, have the marketing and sales going several months. Ahead. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. If you know, and, and I think uh, for us building that backlog allows us to focus on one thing at a time. If you were to try to start off with production and sales at the same time, you might run yourself too thin um, and, and without strong management in that area, it's, it's very difficult to handle all aspects of a business at once. So baby steps are, is critical. Yeah. How, how has your role changed over time? So you start off with just the one location, then there's a, then there's a second. Were you 50-50? Was it, was it, you know, were you focusing your time on where it was needed on the problem child? Like how, how, how did that work? <laughs> Yeah, at first I felt like I was just focusing strictly on the problem child. It was always where where was the fire and what needed to be put out. Yeah. Um, you know, I would say now that we are we have these two locations and they've been they've each been running for at least two years now. My focus has been in how do we get each location to be able to operate 
as efficiently as possible. And for us, that's just through training. So um, my focus has now been in developing a training program that we can quickly um, onboard new employees and get them up to speed uh, on how we want to do things. So uh, without, without strong training, it's very hard to, to maintain um, quality and brand in, in those locations. Um, so with the different locations and there, there being kind of a set structure of operations, sales, uh, and people running those roles, how, how do you view the overall arching uh, Western view painting management team creation? Are you going to pick people from like a set number from different locations and put them onto the management team? Are you going to, have you, have you gotten that far and you're thinking yet? No, I don't think I have so much uh, gotten that far in, in, in developing how we're, we're going to build our management team for that. Um, right now uh, we're, we're pretty comfortable with where we're at. Um, you know, we would love to hire internally. I think for us, because our, our business is a little different than in many others, we, we want those that understand how our culture works and, and who we are. Uh, if we were to expand into other locations, we'd like to promote from within. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're at, it's a pretty unique story because most other companies that expand locations, they do it after being at a certain location for a long period of time building up a customer base and kind of having that be the mothership, if you will. Right. Sure. And then, then you're, you're branching out at that point and you're starting up a different, almost a startup. Um, whereas yours were both kind of in infancy and they're both somewhat equal, I would say, as far as potential revenue, current revenue, right. There might be of course one study ahead of the other as it always would be, but they're, they're fairly close. So it's a, it's a unique, it's just a unique setup, I guess. So as you grow, it's almost like you're growing equal units um, that need to be represented as a greater whole, more so than one mothership and then something else that, that you're going on the side. Absolutely. I love, I love the mothership idea. Um, yeah. I don't think we ever will have a mothership because like you said, every, every location is going to be just about the same size. So that does, that does allow us to our, our management team, they could be spread out. We, right. we could have upper level management in all, all locations. Um, and so our management team doesn't necessarily need to be together in one large location. It really does seem like a bit of a franchise kind of model, but for one company almost. Very similar. Yes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Very cool. Um, so what, what is the future of the, the, the company? What, where do you see it going? Yeah. So we are, you know, we are, um, Obviously, for us to continue to grow, we got to keep growing into multiple locations. So our area is extremely rural, like I had said earlier, and so we're going to continue to grow. Um, we are going to open up into a third location next year, and then within uh, another two to three years after that, we'll probably open up into a fourth. Um, so we, our model is very much for that for that growth. Where do you? I mean, do you have like a ten year vision of where what's possible, or are you kind of just taking it three? Or so years at time right now. I do have a ten-year vision on what's possible. I do. I do foresee us having a pretty strong reach within the region um, and being able to uh, possibly have locations in multiple states. Pretty pretty cool. And we're all we're all along for the ride. We get to watch. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> awesome. Well, that that's exciting, man. I guess we'll we'll wrap it up with a, a lessons learned here. So others who are thinking about expanding locations. Um, 
maybe not the two and a half hours away, but maybe at least something a little closer, but either way, what, what kind of le- lessons would you pass on uh, things that uh, you're definitely going to make sure you get right in the future? Sure. So I, I think um, for us, we were a little premature in the growth into Casper. Our, our systems were not in place um, as far as being able to handle a distant location. So if, you, if, you're, if you're thinking about opening up into another location, I, I would just make sure, really ask yourself, is this something that can, can operate without me or without my second in command, right? You got to be able to train uh, the managers, the middle level managers in that area quickly. And indeed they have the tools and systems to be able to succeed right away. If they don't, I would, I would hold off and focus on that first prior to opening up another location. So the the location that you're leaving, you have to be leaving it in good hands and be ready to devote some time. Is there, is there a a cash flow level that you would want to be at? Absolutely. So obviously there's a great book by Vern Harnish. Um, I think a lot of people know about, right? We do. Yeah. Yes. So scaling up. That, scaling up that I, if you plan on opening another location, I would, I would just read that first. So obviously Vern Harnish's uh, four strategies are people, strategy, execution, and cash. Um, it will eat cash. It's just uh, part of the game. And so you have to be able to know where you're, where you're going to uh, generate that cash to be able to, uh, hold a new location it's it's one thing to know that growth you know eats cash it's another to have a plan for where the cash did come from absolutely. and have it have it detailed and budgeted out um, absolutely I think that's that's the key also well thanks so much for your time here rob this was a uh, yeah. great chat with you and hopefully we'll see you on here and soon in the future likewise colin appreciate it Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business coaching and consulting firm with coaches located throughout the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.